Welcome to the Lead with Empathy podcast. I am your host, Holly Logan, and here we are going to have meaningful and hopefully some fun conversations about motherhood, parenthood, illness, disease, physical and mental wellness, nutrition, and beyond. And as the title implies, we lead here with empathy. With that said, let's dive into the episode. Welcome back to the podcast today. I am talking today all about the things that I have chosen to eliminate from our home. And to be honest, I had actually already recorded this episode. And then even was as I was talking, I really didn't like the way it was sounding. And then kind of listening back, I did get interrupted as well, and that makes it hard. But as I was reading back, I just felt like it wasn't the message that I wanted to, I didn't want to come off as a know-it-all or a snob when it comes to food. I never want to come off that way. I don't want it to come off as this is the way I feed my family and this is the way you have to do it and they're never exposed to anything bad and we're perfect. I just never want that to be the message because that wouldn't be honest and that wouldn't be true. But it was just the way I just really didn't enjoy the way I recorded it. So I'm going to change it up a little bit and not kind of go off the old script that I had. I just didn't enjoy, I didn't enjoy the content. And I, there is a, there are a lot of reasons why I remove certain things from our lives. Um, and, or I try to, but we're not perfect, but there are a lot of reasons why. Um, and I can't, I don't want to hold ever a lot of guilt in my life for the things that my kids or myself have consumed. I, you know, if that was one of the themes of that relationship with food podcast that the the first part of this health series was not holding that poor relationship with food. And so I don't want to hold any guilt about the things that my kids have consumed now or in the past, right? I don't want to think about all of those bags of Cheetos that they've consumed and I just need to forgive and forget and move on. And a lot of the motivation for that is one of them one of the major reasons that I started to really look at the products in our lives is my middle son has had a lot of little quirky health things, but he's also had just a lot of different behaviors that have been different than my first son. And I'm familiar with kids. I'm familiar with tantrums. When he would have these episodes of anger and rage, we would just see like a different child. And even my husband would see it. There was just this change in his eyes and it was like not looking at my child. It was the most bizarre, scary thing. And it was something I really wanted to dive into. And we have really looked at his um, poor quality sleep. And that's a whole episode on, I've talked about on my social media in terms of his adenoids and tongue tie issues and poor sleep. But I also noticed that when he was exposed to food dyes, he would also have these reactions. And that's when I really started to do more research into products, among them food dyes being one of them, and how our bodies don't process them and how they're, or they're like retained in the body and how they can impact us. I had honestly known a lot about food dyes from, or had awareness of the impact of maybe of food dyes on kids with ADHD, but I never really thought about it on a a spectrum for all children. And honestly, if you asked me 10 years ago, if a parent said, oh, my kid can't consume food dyes, I probably would have like rolled my eyes, right? Thinking, oh my goodness, like what, what could food dyes really do to your child that doesn't impact another child? And now seeing it in my own child, it really just opened up my eyes. Um, 
And I've seen this, uh, I've also said this before on other podcasts and on my social media, but I have struggled with my gut and my stomach and my habits and food behaviors my entire life. And I have also learned about all these other additives that are in our food that have made us addicted to food. And it's really explained a lot of my own addictive behaviors towards food as well. So I really am thinking about not just their exposures and how it's impacting their health now, but I'm also thinking about what kind of relationship do I want them to have with food in 10 years and what kind of relationship or how do I want them to feel? How do I want them to feel when they consume food? How do I want them when they consume these products? Like I know when I consume certain things, I get bloating or cranky or feel disgusting, right? And I have to think about, do I want that same thing for my kids? Now, obviously on occasion, on a rare fun occasion, it happens, right? But on a consistent um, on a consistent basis, I just don't believe it's the pattern I want for my kids just because I've had those same struggles. Um, and to be honest, like my oldest was recently exposed to food dyes and I had to just kind of let it go. There was a really quick, quick moment where I had this moment of anger and then I had to say, Holly, it's going to happen. We live in this world, right? Where we're exposed and we're around different foods and food dyes and additives and whatever, but it's really what comes into your home that I feel like we can make the change. And that's where taking away the stress comes from is what you bring into your home versus what you consume outside of the home. I think also what you have to understand is I observe children and families. It is my natural instinct. I'm not saying all the time. I'm not saying I just sit back and observe and it's not sitting back and judging people. It's just I'm sure if someone like if, you know, my husband's a dentist, I'm sure he can't help it but look at people's teeth, right? Or my sister works in special education. I'm sure she can't help but observe children. And if you're, you know, an insurance person. I'm sure you can't help but like look around and analyze someone's house. I don't know. I'm just saying you, I have these habits where I also, when I go to parties and stuff, I don't drink. So I feel like I can just sit back sometimes and observe adults and observe children. And when a child eats four packets of chips and two cupcakes riddled with, you know, food dyes, among other things, eats no protein and then has a meltdown or a flip out at a birthday party. And then the parents get upset and they get upset with the toddler because of their behaviors. I can't help sometimes but think, well, a lot of that is not the child's fault. And I'm not blaming the parent either because a lot of it is a lack of education um, on the parent's part. So I'm not sitting here again and judging. I'm not sitting on my high horse and saying, I never do these things or um, I'm a better parent than you because I don't X, Y, or Z. That's not what I'm saying. I just, my goal is to provide you with the education of the different things that are in our foods that I really want you to to analyze and think about if that's what you want to consume. If you do, that is totally up to you. But I feel like we need the information um, of why it's important to look at these things and decide if that is something you are willing to consistently have in your household or not. And again, when we, we will talk about a couple of products here, but I'll give you a quick example because we'll talk about inflammatory oils. Like There's only one place I can get french fries around here with my celiac disease and we get those french fries every once in a while and it's not like I asked what ask each time everywhere we go 
what kind of oil the potatoes are fried in. Like I already know it's probably not going to be one of the quality oils that I have in my home. And I don't stress about it, right? Because we don't eat French fries every single day. And I think that's where it's important to analyze in your own home, what are you consuming and what can you just decrease that load of and see how you feel. And again, this all comes back to also how you feel. And I think oftentimes people are afraid to remove things from their diet because it's a habit. Let's face it, a lot of it's habit, but also because they're like, well, that's not going to make a difference. I mean, how could food dyes make a huge difference in my child's life? Well, I used to think the same way, and now here we are. Um, I have a child, again, that just is so significantly, it's amazing to me. I can't even describe it until you've seen it, but days after he's had exposure, it's like having a new child. So until you've actually experienced it and seen it or given it a shot, a really hard try, you may not be able to appreciate how removing these things from our life, what they can do for your health and your family's health. And again, the goal here is not to be perfect, but um, I started to learn about a lot of these things. Uh, one great place to start, honestly, I just want to throw that out there is the food babe on Instagram. She's always posting some great information about the different products, different things, additives, preservatives, um, you name it in our foods that are marketed to us in our children. And she's a great resource if you kind of want to dive deep into some of these other things. And again, it's not to scare you. It's just to really give you some awareness. Um, And I always wonder, like when I think about these chemicals and different things, how they do or don't pass through the body. I remember one time when we went camping, my kids had, this was years ago, my kids had Lucky Charms and not to be gross, but then I was like wiping their bottom after they went poop. And I was absolutely mortified of what came out of them um, because I could see just these colors and I was so disgusted. And actually my kids are really lucky because I know a lot of kids who consume food dyes and they actually get constipated and it like lingers in their body and their bodies don't do a well, a good job of like removing them. But all I could think about is what is this doing to the inside of their intestines? And as someone again, who has struggled with their stomach and their intestines their entire life, I just don't want that for my kids. And I believe that a lot of these unnecessary products that are added to our foods can impact our gut health forever. Um, Now, I feel like we can do the healing, but what I'm saying is forever, meaning if you constantly consume them, then they do impact our health in some way. And I also just feel like as consumers, we need to be more mindful and picky and really set these companies to a higher standard. I was just thinking about this during Halloween, because honestly, Halloween is one of my least favorite holidays overall. And I just don't like a culture around candy. And that sounds so probably lame. And um, I don't know. Again, I don't want to come off as snobby. I just feel like so many of these kids who are struggling with their behaviors and their teeth health and their gut health and all these things. And then we're just, it's a holiday all around candy. I really struggle with that morally, to be honest. But also, I feel like we need to set higher standards in America anyway about food dyes. In other parts of the world, food dyes are completely, they're like illegal to put in food. So I just wish we had that higher standard in our country of saying we're not going to purchase these products if you start putting 
chemicals and additives and unnecessary colors into our foods. Um, there's even this like popular brand of honey mustard that has a yellow dye in it. And I just said to myself, why? Why do I need to do this when I can make my own honey mustard and get rid of all of those additives in the food? And I want you to also remember that some of this gets really easy um, in terms of how to remove them from your family. I've had comments before, like, how do you constantly just be aware of this? Or this seems like a lot of work. And to be honest, you just get kind of savvy with which brands are always going to have food dyes in them. So, and especially, I mean, I have celiac again, so I can't consume gluten. So I just know the products I can't have. And it's the same idea. And honestly, when you start to just read labels and become aware of what's in our products, you stay out of the aisles more and you consume more whole food. So it's really just a win-win in a lot of ways. Um, but again, I'm not sitting here judging people. I don't sit here and judge people at a birthday party who let their kids consume it. I truly don't. I just, as a parent, if a parent turned around to me and said, why is my kid having all these behavioral issues? And I observe them eat like seven cupcakes at a birthday party. It's really hard for me not to be honest and say like, this could be the reason. And it's really hard sometimes when I'm in that position, but it's it's the honest truth. And that again has been the goal of this podcast, always be honest. And if someone is struggling with their child's behavior or sleep or weight or whatever it is, I'm going to start to look at all of these products and it is more work. Sometimes it is harder. Um, I always have to, when I think about birthday parties being a big one, especially in the summertime, I always kind of have to be prepared. I've had to do that for myself. And then my middle son is now dairy free. So, you know, usually at birthday parties, what is there? There's um, cake and ice cream and pizza. And so I've had to prep and bring pizza for him and bring us all cupcakes. And so it does take a little extra work. And I'm not saying even the cupcakes that I get from the store, I grab really quick, um, are gluten-free, dairy-free, and they still have some of these inflammatory oils and oils in them, but they don't have um, the food dyes and things. And I just grab those really quick. And that's my personal choice. And you may also be thinking like, aren't you worried about your kids being feel like they're left out or when they finally go to a birthday party by themselves, they're just going to binge on all these foods because you've never let them ha let them consume others. And to be honest, I'm not worried about that because this, my kids kind of just know and because I don't make it, oh, we don't consume those cupcakes because we're better than everyone else. <laughs> I, I truly never put it off like because that's not how I feel. But that's not what I say to my kids. I say, you know what? Um, those have some things in us that aren't going to make our bodies feel good. And so I brought you this instead. And as long as I have my an alternative for my kids, they truly don't care. Even my oldest who can or doesn't have um, reactions to food dyes. I don't want him consuming them, but he doesn't have reactions like his brother and he can consume dairy and gluten and all the things. Sometimes he'll bring things over to me and say like, we can't have this, right? And I'll say, you know what, buddy, we're, we're not going to consume that today, but I brought you this instead. And they never give me a hard time. They truly never question or give me a hard time you know, even around uh, Halloween when we had, I let them go trick or treating and they got all of this candy. And my, my oldest kind of said like, oh, we probably can't have any of this, right? Not like in a sad way. He wasn't even saying it sad. And I said, no, you know, buddy, there's really nothing here that we can have, but I have all of these other things that you can have. And they never questioned me again. They were never upset. They didn't scream. They didn't whatever. There are certain things that they get upset about, 
But when it's consistent and I always provide them with alternatives, again, which takes just a little bit more planning, they're happy. And my goal is not for them to be overwhelmed or feel like I can never consume these things or my mom's going to get mad at me. It's really what makes our bodies feel good. Again, that is my goal. So let's get into it a little bit because I've already really kind of gone into the food dyes thing. When it comes to food dyes, it's not just the neuro behaviors um, that I worry about and our gut health, but I've also seen certain ones linked to cancer. I know that's a really scary word to even think about, but again, that's why I'm more adamant about 100%. I don't want that in our household and I really don't even want them consuming food dyes outside of our house. That one I'm pretty serious about. And you have to be careful because unfortunately when you start to look at products, some sneaky things I would say are like toothpaste. Um, Unfortunately, sometimes in our toothpaste, especially the fancy ones that are marketed to kids, those typically have food dyes, um, standard ketchups and condiments. Those typically have a lot of food dyes in them, any novelty like ice cream, popsicles, things like that. But again, I've found all good alternatives, so I don't really stress about it. Um, I get an organic ketchup and that doesn't have food dye in it. Um, I do get um, also there's a brand called Good Pops for popsicles in the summertime, and they also make actually dairy free ice cream and dairy free like novelty items in that I get in the summertime. Um, which is awesome. And they don't have any food dyes. So you just kind of get savvy. Um, Certain medical products like ibuprofen or Tylenol or things like that, you have to look at labels and ensure you get dye free. And again, you just get savvy with products. So I don't really stress about it. But you start to learn, okay, in these certain cereal brands and most of these brands, I'm going to find these colors. And anything bright, bright blue or bright, bright red, just assume it has food dye in it. Um, there's just no way with some of these cereals that they're going to achieve that with a natural, more natural flavoring. Um, so honestly, I can just look at a lot of things and a lot of products and just assume that we can't have it. So that makes it easy. vegetable oil. Um, There are a ton of them out there. And I've created that one page document that um, about things that I remove and it has got a list of all of the oils. But think like your vegetable oils, any oil really outside of like all of uh, I consider. So the next thing I wanted to talk about was inflammatory oils, which I mentioned. So this was something honestly I learned more and more about. Um, My mom and I were, well, she's mostly and we're still mostly dairy-free, but there was a time in our lives that we were completely dairy-free. And so we were using this alternative butter. And who would think like alternative butter you think must be healthier than real butter, right? And it was interesting because as I learned about some of these inflammatory oils, so things like vegetable oil, canola oil, soybean oil, I have a whole list of them on that PDF document that I made, that freebie of like things that I try to remove from our family's diet. As I started to learn about how these inflammatory oils can impact us, uh, that alternative butter we were consuming was loaded with them. And so we decided to both eliminate that from our diet 
And it was really interesting because we had both experienced this like upper left quadrant pain and couldn't really describe it. And when we started stopping consuming that butter, that pain went away. And that just says to me, again, I try to listen to my body. And to me, it kind of says, what was my body or not able to process? Not What was it not able to do with that butter? Whether it was like my stomach, my gallbladder, my liver, was it just backing up everything? I don't know. Um, but it was pretty profound when I removed that from my diet. I will say because my second son is dairy free and we go into the holidays, I do have to bring that butter on occasion. I still bake with it because I haven't found great alternatives other than some like organic shortening thing that I could use to make cookies and just certain products. Um, I don't have a problem with cakes or anything like that, but if I want to make him like his own biscuits or things, it's really hard to do that without finding this alternative butter. And we don't have some of these tree nut butters because I have a cashew allergy just to make life more difficult. So I still have it on occasion. Again, I am not with the oils. I can't honestly be 100% and I'm just more mindful of it. Even his alternative cheese have some of these things in it. So we're not 100%, but I will say when I remove them from our diet, it's amazing what it did to my body. And so I just wonder if it had some kind of like inflammatory effect. And when we talk about inflammatory oils, the reason I say inflammatory is because when these oils are heated up in a pan or cooked or fried in or whatever, they oxidize. The particles in them, what we say, you can just Google this honestly, but basically they oxidize and anything that oxidizes is a free radical in our body and causes inflammation versus what we consider things that are antioxidants, which actually help our body or reduce inflammation in our body. So that's why on a spectrum, if you've been hearing about inflammatory oils or PUFAs, um, that's what people are talking about is this process in our body that is causing inflammation. And when we think inflammation, think chronic disease. So when I think chronic disease, I think heart disease and diabetes and different things. So again, we're talking about longevity here. We're talking about, I'm not saying even in today, you're going to make a difference by removing these things from your diet, even though I personally feel like for me, it made an immediate impact. What we're looking at is in 20 years, reducing our exposures to these inflammatory things to lower our risk for cardiovascular disease and some of these other chronic diseases. Now, I will say it is really hard, like I said, with certain products because I find those oils in pretty much anything that I have to pick up on the fly. Like if we're going to a barbecue and I want to get my kids, um, like I get us chips or pick up those cupcakes for that birthday party or whatever it is, it pretty much is in any kind of packaged food. But that's where, again, I start to look at things that I can buy as alternatives in my home. There is a panko, a gluten-free panko that I also realized had, um, veg- I think it has a vegetable oil or something in it, which is too bad because I love this breadcrumb, but I don't consume it every day. So I just said, you know what, Holly, once a month when you make chicken parm or whatever it is that you use for this panko, it's fine. Just you have to get over it and live your life. But again, if it's something that I was consuming every day, that's where I try to make those changes. So another big, some of the big things you're going to find or places you're going to find these oils is like condiments. And honestly, we, I don't buy condiments anymore in terms of um, salad dressings and things. I make a homemade honey mustard 
which I'll have to send out to people in an email um, and maybe put online. But I make a homemade honey mustard. I make a homemade ranch seasoning. Shout out to Clean Monday Meals because they make a ranch seasoning packet that I just make my own um, ranch type dressing and I use it on salads. I use it on like vegetables. I use it on everything. I absolutely love it. And I make it with avocado oil and like avocado mayo and all of these things. And I realize the cost is a little bit more upfront when you have to buy these things more in bulk, like the mayonnaise and things and the the olive oil or the olive oil or the avocado oil are more expensive. But I'm just essentially shifting the money to things that I'm not buying. So I'm not buying all of these dressings and condiments and things when I'm just making my own and kind of making it in bulk. So essentially you're going to find those oils in anything in a package. And I, I said this earlier, as you start to remove things from your diet in your life, you automatically start to remove a lot of packaged food and then you inadvertently remove a lot of other things from your diet. So if I'm not eating a lot of products with food dyes, I'm automatically decreasing likely anyway my consumption of these oils. I'm also reducing my consumption of sodium. And honestly, I feel like we've been told a little bit of a lie, even in nursing school, about sodium because we don't want a ton of salt in our diets, excessive amounts of salts, and that includes for kids. But that's from salt from preserved foods. So if you ever look at a package of American cheese or even honestly just a slice of bread, you will be amazed at how much sodium is in these preserved foods or anything that you get like from the freezer. It's crazy. But the thing is about sodium is sodium is an electrolyte in our body. It's a mineral that helps to balance where fluid goes in our body. And it is so important. So I actually use Redmond sea salt on like everything when I cook and I'm not shameful about it when I make my eggs or when I make vegetables or whatever it is. I use a lot of salt, but I don't stress about it because we've also removed again a lot of those preserved things from our life. So I just stress about it less because we're not consuming a ton of preserved salt. I hope that makes sense. But I'm actually adding sea salt into my food and my body. I started to learn about this too when I started adding adrenal cocktails into my life. And that is something that you can like look up. But essentially an adrenal cocktail, I do morning and afternoon to feed my adrenal glands that are depleted of minerals like sodium, potassium, vitamin C. And how I do mine is just a little bit of um, orange juice. And I also add um, for magnesium, I have a master mineral drink that I add a little bit of um, that to my adrenal cocktail as well. And I add a little bit of Redmond sea salt and cream of tartar, which gives me the potassium. Or sometimes I will use coconut water, which is a good source of potassium. But when I started to add those into my life, I started to notice a drastic change in my energy, um, my mood, honestly. It was so crazy when I started adding these back into my life, how much better I felt. And when I grew up, I always said I used to pee an abnormal amount for, yes, I drink a lot of water, which is important, but I had always told providers, no matter how much water I drink, I just feel like I go to the bathroom all the time, but I'm also thirsty. And they used to just tell me like, well, you drink a lot of water and therefore you pee a lot. Okay, I understand that, but why 
am I always feeling like I need more? And I really, truly think even from a young age, I depleted minerals faster than the standard person. I would lose a lot of sodium. And actually, I think that was from like over salt in my diet, but also I would lose a lot in sweat. And then I wasn't replacing the good sodium and potassium and minerals that my body needed. And I have learned, again, this is something I've just more recently learned about, but putting these things back into my body in the proper way has made a huge difference for my life. And what I mean, again, by proper is Redmond sea salt. It's not iodinized sea salt, which I feel like that is something that we've been told that we need this iodinized sea salt, uh, iodinized salt in our body um, to prevent goiter and for our thyroid, which 100% we do, except you can get also good iodine sources in your diet. So, and I'm sorry, but even if I remove that type of sea salt from, or that type of salt from my seasoning of my food, I'm going to get it in other sources because like I said, I am still every once in a while eating a bag of chips and eating those french fries. I am going to get those salts in my body. I just feel like we've gone the complete opposite direction and consumed way too much in our American diet of these salts. And this will have to be probably another big topic, but adding magnesium into my life has made a huge difference um, in my bowel health and also in my mental clarity and my mental health. And honestly, I had noticed when I started this, I'm actually going to do a whole podcast on different products and things that I have in my house um, that I have added and removed. But when I started filtering our water and then remineralizing our water, that made a huge difference for my last son's, my youngest son's constipation. It's wild. So it's just an important reminder that the minerals in our body and finding that balance is so important. One thing I also meant to talk about when I talked about food dyes was sugar. So sugar is a natural thing that we find in things like fruit, right? But sugar is something that I'm really trying to minimize, not minimize, but really try to reduce drastically in my family's life. And really, that really comes from my own issues with sugar. I love sugar. And I told you in that relationships with food episode that chocolate cake is like my thing and chocolate is my thing. I really just love sugar in terms of chocolate. It is my weakness. Um, But I really don't want that same behavior with sugar for my kids And I feel like I have kind of created that in their life. And so I do try to pull back a lot on it. But what I try to do, and I do think it makes a difference, is rather than consuming a ton of products that have sugar in them that are, say, artificial sugar, like I don't think that we should go out there and replace our um, salad dressings with low fat or low sugar salad dressings. If you read the back of those labels, what you're going to find is that they've just been replaced with artificial sugar or or some of these inflammatory oils. They're not better for you. Same with um, the artificial like sugary, sugar-free popsicles or things like that. Those artificial products, I remember when I was first introduced to Diet Coke and honestly, I still like I've said I love soda in that other podcast. I do like the carbonation. But um, when it comes to diet soda and these things, these diet products in our life are not also good for our kidneys and they just make us crave real sugar. And so I don't feed those things to my kids. 
I would rather bake with them. If they feel like cookies, I would rather make cookies with them in our home and use better products, no preservatives, and things like I will use coconut sugar, I've used maple sugar, I've used maple syrup instead of other sugars. And that kind of goes back to that relationship with food. I don't want to tell my kids, no, we don't consume cookies in this household because that's not true. I love cookies as next as much as the next person. But I want to be create the habit that if we feel like making cookies, we're going to bake them together. We feel like a cake, we're going to bake it and we're going to take out all of this added junk. Even when it comes to like the holiday season coming up, we are going to, my son wants to have a cookie decorating competition. Awesome. We are going to do that. I still do those things for my kids, but I am making the choice to also like by the sprinkles and the different things that don't have the food dyes in them. But I don't want to create this relationship with my kids where they can never have, um, like they can only have fake sugar things. I don't think that sends a good message for our kids. And it's also not better for their bodies. The world has kind of told us this lie that these sugar-free things are better for us. And that's just not true. Now, I will say that a lot of the products, when I start to look at them, like I used to drink this alternative adaptogen coffee and it had a form of sugar in it. I didn't realize. And I was like, I really don't want that in my life. So I've had to remove it. I also have noticed that a lot of my products have stevia in it. And as much as in like monk fruit sweetener, and as like some of my protein powders and things. And I really don't want us consuming a ton of that. And so I have pulled back on that as well. The Equip Foods brand actually has, it's not vegan, but it does have, for people who are vegan out there, um, but it does have, they do have a flavorless one. And so that one doesn't have any sweeteners or anything in it. And that's what I'm probably going to use for a while just to pull back, especially in the sick season on even artificial sugar. Um, I do love, again, a lot of my products that have some of those other sweeteners. And if I am going to have a sweetener in something in a product, I would prefer the monk fruit and the the stevia, but I really don't want any of the aspartame or any of the artificial sugars. If I'm going to consume sugar, I might as well make it in my home. And I truly believe that it's better for us. Um, not constantly, not every day, not all the time. Um, but I do try to replace those things in my household. So that way when we're baking together, we can still enjoy and have fun, but we're consuming less of those inflammatory oils and we're consuming less sugar, um, the art of less artificial sugars. We're not consuming food dyes, etc. So again, it takes a little bit of extra work and being more mindful, but you guess get more savvy with products. And I actually buy a lot of my products at Walmart and Amazon. So those are where, those are the sources mainly that I get and can find a lot of these things. And I'm just used to it now. When it comes to sugar too, I just want to add that the reason that we want to be mindful of these sugars is we have to think about that. The Everything in our body, the, even the bad things that our body, like the bad bacteria in our gut, love sugar to survive. And so we don't want to feed our body these artificial or heavy amounts of sugar um, so that we these things can thrive in our body and alter our microbiome. And I am you're going to hear me talk about microbiome a lot, but when it comes to the microbiome, we don't want that microbiome, our gut, our, our um, little bacteria in our gut. We want the good ones to thrive. And if that doesn't happen, it's amazing to me as I've learned about the microbiome that that can actually impact our immunity. 
Um, so when I think about the winter season and reducing the amount of sugar, I'm also thinking about how that helps to support our immune system. And when I think about sugar, as awful as it is to say out loud in here, we know that excess sugar leads to excess weight gain. And again, I'm not talking about eating some berries and some fruit. That's not what I'm talking about. I won't shame, I would never shame someone for feeding their kids a ton of berries. My kids will sit down and consume berries, a whole package in a sitting. What I'm talking about are these additive sugars. And we know that they can, um, contribute to excess weight gain, which then in turn impacts our hormones, impacts our cardiovascular health, impacts our gut health. It's all related, mood, weight, immunity. And when you start to, again, pull back on these things on your diet, it's always interesting to see how we can have different, uh, have changes to our health and how we feel. The last one product thing that I want to mention, um, additives are um, things like thickeners. I'm going to not be pronounce it correctly, but I think it's carrageenan. Um, it is a long worded thickener thing. You'll see it in deli meats. You'll see it in um, novelty items, again, like ice cream. I've seen it in coffee creamers, anything like I've seen it in certain diet products. There's a big weight loss product out there that's full of this stuff. And that's another one that I really hardly like really, truly try to keep out of our systems because from what I've read, and again, this is a quick Google search, um, Google search, but I've seen it on the food babe and other resources is that these things are linked not only to altering our gut microbiome, but even things like gastrointestinal cancers. And when I think about that word can be so in a way triggering for a lot of people. I'm not saying it's, you know, X plus B equals C. This is the exact cause. I really think that it's a conglomerate of all the things in our products. But again, I'm looking about longevity for myself and for my kids. And at the end of the day, does my body need thickeners? No. It's just like, does my body need red food dye? No, it does not need these things. So if I can remove them from my diet, I'm hoping that in 20, 30, 40, 50 years for both myself, my kids, my grandkids, we all have these good habits and these good guts that help us to prevent some of these chronic diseases, including cancer. So I know, um, but again, this is not 100%. I'm on some of the thickeners because I know, I believe my coffee creamer has guar gum in it. And I am trying to figure out how to make my own oat milk creamer, but I have not perfected that yet. So if anyone has this great solution for me, let me know. But I do get a certain brand that only has simple ingredients of everything that I can pronounce. And is it perfect? Does it have no natural flavors, no artificial, like, no, it still has, I think it's cane sugar. I know, I think it has safflower oil in it. So it's not perfect, but I don't consume it every day. And I don't try not to consume large amounts of it. Again, my household, I never want to sound like a snob and say, I never do these things. I consume these things uh, as much as I try to not. Uh, I would say, actually, now that I think about it, you know, I probably do have small amounts of these oils every day in the little products that I consume, but every day I'm trying to pull back on those things and analyze what I'm eating and how I can improve what I'm eating. So overall, that was probably a lot of information and I don't know how else to say this other than I hope that when you hear this information, you don't feel guilt or shame or overwhelmed. Instead, you say to yourself, 
you know what, we do consume a lot of X, Y, or Z. And I wonder if we pulled back on that and I stopped buying it, would I save money? Um, Would I feel better? Would my kids feel better? Would it solve any of our weird health issues? I don't know. You don't know unless you try. And also it does take effort and uh, it does take time, but you get, again, more savvy. You get better skilled with it. I will also say sometimes I wonder when Holly shows up with her cupcakes, which I have celiac again, so I feel like people also assume I can't eat anything that anyone makes anyway, but I always wonder if people, this is me being the people pleaser or aware, you know, worried about what other people think about me. Um, If people are like, wow, Holly thinks that's pretty bad that she can't let her kids have these cupcakes or she thinks she's better than everyone else. I truly don't feel that way. And I want to say that again. I never sit there and think to myself, wow, these, I am so much better than everyone else because I do this. What I remind myself is that I am doing this for my family, for their health, for my health, with all good intention. And some people around me may not be educated enough to make those decisions, just like I was, you know, even I'll say two, three, four, five years ago. I wasn't educated enough on this to make those decisions. Um, Maybe I don't feel empowered or I'm not supported in making those decisions. And that could be really hard in a household, um, really having deep conversations. And I know initially with my husband, it was a little bit of like a pushback and not understanding. But now I don't get that pushback. And it's just been this time project, basically, of getting him to understand why I'm doing these things. Uh, And also, I also have empathy that some people just don't want to make those changes, whether they just don't care, which again, it's not my judgment. It's not my choice to decide what they put into their child's or their body. That is not my choice. Or also they don't have the confidence to make those decisions. So I just wanted to say that again, because as I was talking about remove, 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 I'm thinking to myself, Holly, you don't want to ever come off like that I never consume these things and I'm better than you because I do these things. I just want you to hear that. That is not how I feel. I do not sit around judging people. I want to empower families. I want to hold these companies accountable for what they put in our products. And the only way we can do that is by consuming less of them and having it hurt their wallets. Um, And that's truly how I feel about it. So I will um, probably link a couple of things that I talked about in my stories when I released this episode and also in the show notes. The next podcast that I have planned is because I just talked about all the things that I try to remove from my pantry and my fridge, I want to talk about the things that I try to replace it with and really give you more. I, I think I'm going to do some kind of video at some point of kind of a view of our pantry of um, maybe my fridge, but also some cooking ideas. The next one's going to be also about cooking and I don't know, just making it a little bit lighter than, okay, don't eat this and don't eat that. So I have that one planned, but I have to, I guess, probably hear it as well and make sure that I it passes the sniff test. But I do hope you found this helpful. You found it empowering and please reach out if you have any questions. Until next time. 
Thank you for listening in today, and I hope you'll be back. Stay curious, stay humble, and always lead with empathy. Please also take a moment to share this episode with someone, this podcast, write a review or comment on my latest Instagram post at hollylogan underscore help. Thank you. Have an awesome day.